Greetings, weary traveler. Come warm yourself by the fire and let us regale you with mighty tales. Tales of adventure, tales of heroism, and of course, tales of Damriel. I am once again, awkwardly, your main host, Lotus of Doom, <laughs> <laughs> because Arcanir has died again. That's, that's, he's, he keeps getting rezzed, but he keeps going down, so he put me back in charge, which we'll see if that was a mistake again. <laughs> Once we get going, but uh, he's actually out at a game jam, so he seems like he's having a lot of fun. Hopefully, he's enjoying himself. Hi, Ark. We won't totally grief you this time, um, but we also have our very hyper host of the channel that we are currently on, Hyper Pixie. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well myself. And then, as a special treat, we also have. Robots or Tom from ESO Lorecast. How are you, Tom? Yeah, I'm good. Hey, guys. It's good to be here. Yeah, why don't you just give us a quick little synopsis of what you do before we get started, just so people who might not already know you can check you out. Well, I am the host of the Elder Scrolls Lorecast and a number of other podcasts, and I also run the Robots Radio Podcast Network, which also has shows like um, Written in Uncertainty with Aramithius on it. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, stream on occasion. I put some videos up on YouTube. I do a bunch of, you know, content creation stuff. Great. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. We've <laughs> we talked about doing this maybe what five months back, and uh, yeah, just mm -hmm. like in normal tales fashion, it finally happened. <laughs> <laughs> just takes a little. Uh, you'd think we were a major company with how long it takes to write our ship. Uh, <laughs> so, we eventually get no, there. Pleasure to have you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Better late than ever because this um, there's not a ton of news this week, so. Having you join us, I feel, is going to be better than just kind of trying to make something of the news because you can bring an aspect to this discussion that I think many people might not be quite as adept into doing, and you can probably provide a little bit of a unique spin to it, which I think will be good. Yeah, dad jokes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dad jokes. Uh -huh. I'm I make, good at those. Yep, and I make trash puns, so we're good to go. <laughs> dad jokes, trash puns, and... Uh -huh. Hyperpixie. I giggle yeah, a lot. Yeah, Hyperpixie so. being happy. <laughs> Giggling. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So the really only behind the scenes update is that Ark is away. So <laughs> that's uh, that's really all there is behind the scenes. So you get to have us as a cast this week, which hopefully goes somewhat well. Um, I guess it's easy enough. We can just move right in the news because there's not an awful lot of it this week. Um, so... As many of you might have known, uh, there was supposed to be an ESO Live yesterday. Um, it was the first one of the year and kind of the return. Unfortunately, as everybody also found out, that it didn't work. <laughs> um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the details were, but it did seem like there were some recording issues or something on their end. So unfortunately, it was postponed. So there actually was not an ESO Live yet. Uh, hopefully, whatever it was isn't, you know, the end of the world, but... I secretly was hoping they might talk about Bethesda Game Days at it, so I was a little sad since that still hasn't technically been announced. I was hoping to get a few more details on that, um, but hopefully things are all right over there and uh, they can figure out how to fix it and give us one soon enough. Yeah, I can tell you that from what I know mm -hmm. that that is a thing. Right, and people have it's been asking be a thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I since I basically live not l 
not literally down the street, but figuratively in the grand scheme of like the United States map, I live down the street from PAX East. Um, so people have asked me about it and I'm just like, yeah, well, Bethesda keeps doing something and it keeps being bigger than the previous year. So logic would dictate that they would do it again um, as it's been a great event previous years. So yeah. Um, so I, last year they announced it like two weeks before the actual event. Right. It, yeah. So uh, speculation is that probably sometime around the 11th, we'll get an right. actual notification that it's it's and, going to be a thing. And um, and you and I have talked. Uh, I'm going to be yes. up there for PAX, and so I'm yep. going to come visit. Exactly. And I'm planning to, you know, I'm. chances are it's going to happen from what I've right. heard. So I'm planning to be there. Yeah. And worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. We take over the bar anyways, kind of like what we did in Vegas. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, if you're in the area and you want to hang yes. out with us, then you yeah. know, we're, we're going to be there. Join us at PAX East. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll tell. We'll just Hopefully. make stuff up about Bethesda right. games and what's coming out. If they don't decide to show up, we'll just be the next best thing, and we're just gonna make crap up, and then that, you can just pretend like it was real. That'll go well, and definitely not that'll end go in so good. several losses. <laughs> hey, everybody! Elder Scrolls Six is coming out tomorrow, and we're tomorrow? going to add more. Surprise! You can buy it at robotsradio.net. <laughs> Patreon done. $700. <laughs> yep. Done and done. It will be delivered in four years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, hopefully more news on that in the near future. Um, so, next thing, I guess, that's worth noting, uh, have you guys logged into... Well, I know Hyperpixie has because you were literally just in um, a dungeon yeah. prior to this on stream. So you were in uh, Vet Scale Caller Peak. So you've obviously logged in. Rob, uh, robots, have you managed to log in yet to ESO as of today with the month switch? Yes. Yeah, I was okay. actually, I've, I've been grinding through some of the quest stuff that I've not done on my main character. <laughs> All right. So that's what's going to bring me to the first kind of note is you guys notice our um, daily login? <laughs> Amount is a little off, and that seemed to stir people's questions up a little bit, as there are not nearly as many days uh, <laughs> represented as there are <laughs> even in February, which is already a short month. Yeah. I had to stop and count. <laughs> but, yeah. oh, but okay. so two things. I've got two things on this. One, fire bear. Yes. yes. A chubby fire bear, too. Chubby fire bear? Yes. It's a, it's a big guy, too. I put it up on the screen. I showed my wife, and she's like, is that a mount? And I was like, no, it's just a big little buddy fire bear <laughs> thing. So I love so, that pet, but it also makes me a little bit sad because I have the matching mount, but on PS4 because I had, like, amazing oh, RNG out of oh, a free crate. Rip. And so it does make me a little bit sad because I'm like, the mommy bear is just right over there, just in the living room <laughs> on the console. I want it over here, but I can't have it. So They're separated by technology. <laughs> yeah, yes. So sad. I feel like there's a metaphor um, in there somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere. So as one of our friends that we make reference to from time to time, uh, speaking of, of this little uh, fire Atronach bear, I really uh, want to get... <laughs> give note to the great name for it which I think is now canon because of the amount of people who made the joke I was going to make the joke until I saw how many people head on his feed but uh, to to 
<laughs> the elder memes who started this, it is a chonktronaut, uh, is the official name <laughs> for him. <laughs> so don't forget to log in and get your flame chonktronaut. Flaming <laughs> chonktronaut. <laughs> um, yep. So I think that is canon lore. Uh, if you need to check with uh, Lehman Tuttle, I would suggest doing so. I'm sure he's totally on board with that as being canon and not mortified mm-hmm. by what his community is doing. <laughs> So I, I tried to show it on stream since I was in game anyway, and yeah. it tried to sit in the chair, and then it started doing some strange things. It's just rotating <laughs> a little bit. It's fine. Yeah. So, so that's where the random outburst of laughter was coming from. <laughs> um, so the reasoning, or at least it seems like the reasoning, because there were a couple posts made, um, and I actually Did you see think... The- did you see the official one from G- uh, yes. Gina? Yes. Okay. Right. I was going to say Gina had one, and I believe uh, Sarah Hecker had another one, where it's to not single people out since this is the update that we need to reinstall the entire client on all platforms. So none of us are exempt from this. Um, and this is accounting for people have very varying speeds. And if you're stuck downloading this thing, because it is... Even though it's smaller, it is still a big file. Um, This may hold some people up for a couple days in some cases. So rather than basically unintentionally screwing people out of being able to get their daily rewards because they physically can't download the game and log in to play the game at the same time, uh, there's just less rewards, so everybody's got a better chance of actually getting all the rewards which is fine i mean the rewards are what they are that the little atronaut guy is pretty neat um i don't actually don't even remember what the other things are i really just like the hundred thousand gold one when they do that or the free <laughs> dlc one the one time they did that for Merkmeyer, that was great there's also a head marking and a body marking that's actually pretty cool there's some there i think it's gotcha. like ancient dragon yep. tattoos or something along those lines okay yeah cool, cool yep like at the end of each week mm. column awesome. a row yeah. yeah, it totally makes sense, and I'm I'm totally fine with not getting like extra slowing poison for a few days. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's that's fine. This this makes a lot of sense, and it's it's just more fair for everybody. Yeah, I so, think this was a good move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with it as well personally. Um, I mean, the food is whatever. It's not as good as my food that I generally make. The poisons are fine for when I'm playing PvP. High boots, um, and then. What was it? Uh, you know, the potions, whatever. It, the only ones that I'm not a fan of is I don't use uh, drinks. So the crown refreshing drinks are the worst because it makes you not only delete them, but confirm for three <laughs> seconds that you want to delete them, which I don't like because I get a lot of those and I don't use potions. I mean, I don't use drinks. So. Yeah, those three oh. seconds add up after five years. Yeah, after I've been <laughs> destroying them one after another or <laughs> piling them all on one alt so Guaranir is literally nothing but potions. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just a little update on that. And then Mid-Year Mayhem is still happening, which I assume is probably going to devolve into a decent chunk of our tales uh, since the event is still going on it is I some people last time didn't know when we did the poll that things were a little uh, more controversial than they tend to be and we're not really going to delve into too much of the weirdnesses that have been going on with this between stream siping and all this stuff just 
be civil to each other is all I can say. Um, it, you know, it's competitive, but it's also a game. So, you know, it, it, don't don't take this stuff too far out of context. This has been a little more contentious as a uh, an event, so to speak. But yeah, it's still going on for those of us who are enjoying it, like myself. Don't boost stuff like that. <laughs> Seems like it would go without saying, but you know. It is what it is, I suppose. Don't be a jerk, have fun. Perfectly said, exactly. You know, with the number of people who play this game, for there to be a few people stream sniping, is like oh. the percentage of the audience that's actually doing that is like point oh 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 one for it to be yes. like, all of a sudden it's a thing because it shows up on the streams and there's only so many popular streamers. Right. So like that point oh 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 one percent of the audience all of a sudden, you know, that wants to be a jerk about it. Or chances are, and this is my theory about all uh, how all this stuff works, is probably just not over the age of 15 and just totally bored. <laughs> yeah, just causing mayhem for the yeah, sake of it. I think that's um, the, the majority of the problems we have with the Internet are just kids who bored. don't know any better, they don't care, and they're bored, just going, ah, look what I can do, because I have the power to do it, because I'm on the internet, you know? And with how positive the community largely is in this game, it's, I think what it is, is when anything does surface that's kind of less than positive, it almost is more striking, because... If you mm -hmm. go to another gaming community that's less positive, we won't specifically name anything, but like where they're always at each other's throats or they're yeah, notorious for something. It, yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> ruthless. Those guys. Ruthless. <laughs> ruthless. Uh, <laughs> they make fun of Pinky all the time. I was Pinky's say, the best ghost. No, Inky is the best. You know what? This podcast is over. I don't <laughs> want to hear any more Pinky. Is there a red one? See, it's if bleeding so, that's into my our favorite. show. Is there a red ghost? <laughs> Pinky's pink. It's kind of close. It's like light mm. red. Yeah, it's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like light red. All right. Yeah, you know, I can't argue that fact. <laughs> She's on Team Pinky. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I'm already outnumbered. I don't like this. <laughs> but that's just it. It's like, you know, the fact that any controversy pops up with us and it's not, oh, there's a hiccup in the game or something crashed or whatever. Like, okay, that happens. But... When people are actually at each other's throats a little more than usual, it's a little, un it, well, it's more than a little. It's incredibly unusual for this community. So I think that might be why it's more jarring, because it's so out of the norm of us having a very accepting, fun community type of thing. So Yeah, it's, you know. it's a stark contrast to everyone right. just being cool and nice to each other. and Right. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah. And so chances are it's not even the people who are part of the community who are the ones like... You know, liking each other's posts and up-thumbing stuff right. and right. popping in a stream saying, hey, how's it going, everybody? You know, it's like, it's not even any of those people. Right. right. And, and, you know, PvP brings a very different atmosphere where, uh, you know, some people are not used to the more competitive aspect where a lot of people will... Um, Ooh, I almost didn't edit myself on that one. People will crap talk each other a little more than people are used to. Poop talk. <laughs> and, yeah, poop poop, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting better at this after that slip up last time. Um, <laughs> so a lot of that is more in the heat of the moment or good fun or whatever. And again, that can be kind of jarring to people who are not used to that. Where more often than not, you don't want to be doing that when you're all on the same side. Well, there are right. three sides for this. So, you know. Again, it's it's a bit of a dip, different atmosphere for some of that stuff. But again, 
it's a, you know, the event's there for fun. It's just a game. So try to just keep that in mind in and amongst whatever you're doing. And uh, try not to get too swept up in any of the negativity that might have popped up at all recently. So Just like in Mario Kart, don't screen look, which is what stream sniping is. That's not nice. Exactly. Yeah, put up the cardboard. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yes. I mm-hmm. ah, good time. <laughs> the days good of times. the cardboard. Yep. Or the or you put the one string down the middle and you put the blanket over it so you like uh-huh. fold it so it's just like yep you can and your teammates got to be horizontal to you or vertical to you so that yeah. Nice. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. I remember the days. <laughs> I lost a work tournament at Mario Kart due to a screen looker incident. So wow. I'm still wow. salty about it. So the stream. So this was a coworker. Yeah. And yeah. So like the next week they came up and they were like, Hey, can you help me with this thing? And you were like, Hey, could you maybe not screen look? No, <laughs> yeah. I think I've thrown it in his face at least once a month since it happened about two years ago. <laughs> so, I was going to win the tournament. Mm, I put them in the shredder. I'm sorry. <laughs> what My email? Mistake. Screen looker. <laughs> Start all emails. Dear Screen Looker. Dear yeah. Screen Looker. Remember that time you were screen looking? <laughs> um, all right. So since we do have our lore-based guest today, um, that's where I kind of wanted to have some of our discussion revolve around. And... I get the feeling the three of us might have pretty different takes on this. I gave you guys a little <clears throat> bit of a heads up as to what exactly uh, mm-hmm. we were doing. Yeah, I've got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. Yeah. So the question that we were going to pose was, um, what does Elder Scrolls lore mean to you? And other than the three of us going to go on our little rambly tangent that we will do, um, if any of the listeners or watchers or any of that would like to send us your thoughts on this topic, uh, please feel free to at our email um, or our Twitter or any of that stuff. Please, you know, feel free to let us know what you think as well. Uh, we're kind of interested in this, but uh, yeah, we might as well get things started with our guest, I suppose. Have Tom Ooh. start stuff off since you're mm-hmm. kind of... I would assume the loriest of all of us <laughs> currently I available. I don't know about that. <laughs> One of the things I, I very clearly explain on the on the podcast is that um, when I started it, actually almost exactly a year ago in like a week. So it's almost my anniversary. That's the word for one year of a thing. Congratulations. That's huge. Huh. Yes. It feels like yeah. just yesterday that I heard about your show just starting up, like through the lore seekers. <laughs> Yeah, yep. you know, and it feels like just like two weeks ago, I saw you in person in Vegas. I know. I think it was oh, wait, about that two, was, weeks that was two weeks ago. Oh, wait, that was <laughs> yeah, literally that was two only... weeks ago that we all saw each other, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, one of the things I make very clear in the first episode is that I am by no means a lore master. Like, uh, this is... This is a hobby. This is, you know, started out as like, hey, I, I, I want to learn more. And what better reason than have to keep creating content around something and put it out into the Internet and have everybody correct you. No better way to learn than that. Right. So <laughs> and and that's what people do. They write in and they go, well, actually. And the wonderful thing about uh, 
Elder Scrolls lore is that there are multiple interpretations and reportings of all the different things and events and places. And the further back in time you go, the less actual literal interpretation there is for the way the the lore actually plays out. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you even get people writing in saying, well, actually, this is what happened here. And I have to remind them that like, well, that's according to one source, you know, like maybe that is the Altmiri the, or a specific Altmer's perspective of the thing. And yes, you're right. It does say that in that document. But this other document says this or, you know, these other sources say this or or if you take everything together, it's more likely that this is the case. But nobody really knows because that's the way the lore works. And that's kind of fun. So um, I think the first thing I would say is that that it's very interesting and exciting because the lore uh, and I guess I should define lore, but um, the way the stories work and the history of this world works is very similar to the real world. And I think this is one of those concepts that a lot of people don't always understand is that our understanding of our own histories were written by flawed individuals who had limited perspectives. And anytime you learn about an event in history, in fact, anytime you like if I told you a story about earlier today when I went to the grocery store, my version of that story is going to be different than the lady at the counter who checked me out at the grocery store. And, you know, she said I was really attractive. So that was really nice of her. Um, (laughs) But I told you the dad jokes. I'm good with those. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's kind of that's just the way stories work. It's just the way the lore works. And that's what's really nice about, you know, the lore in the Elder Scrolls is that it also works the same way. There's no definitive truth. There's only different perspectives of events that may or may not have even happened. Um, And that uh, so I come at all of this. Let me let me preface this a little bit with I I come at all of this with a background and I have two bachelor's degrees, one in philosophy and one in religious studies. So I I was very determined in college not to have an employable degree. So um, (laughs) well, you made good choices. (laughs) Yeah. So I made I made very good choices there. Uh, But that means that one of the things that you take away from that kind of degree or those kinds of degree programs is that everybody comes to things with their own lens, with their own interpretations and perspectives. And um, and I find that that's very exciting and interesting because you can always peel back other layers or see more about the way different individuals or or cultures see the world. The flip side of that is that oftentimes when somebody tells a story about a thing you learn as much or more about the person telling the story than you do about the thing itself. So because everybody brings their own lens to a particular story, um, for example, if if there's an Alt-Mary story that is anti-Orc, then chances are it's because that story is from the lens of the Altmer and they are culturally insensitive to other cultures and often racist. And so it tells us more about the Altmer than it may actually about the orcs in that's that's actual story. Like we have to take that into consideration. So all of that stuff is very interesting. And and I, I like coming at things from, from that perspective. So if we were to pull out a little bit, that means that to me, 
the lore of the world isn't just the stories. It's not just the he said, she said, this person ruled on this between these dates and this is the definition of this group of people or or anything like that. It's um, it's something even deeper. It is the philosophy of the world. It is the way that all of this stuff fits together, if that makes sense. And I know that was kind of a winding path to kind of get to that. But I think that you kind of have to have all those pieces to really understand the fullness of, of that perspective. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. No, absolutely. That was really, okay. really well said. And I completely agree well, with everything you just said. Thanks. That's that's the problem with having uh, degrees like I do is that you often think in a circle <laughs> and then <laughs> everything has to kind of fit together for you to you, you tend to want to justify things with multiple points and perspectives in order to feel like you're secure in that justification. Anyway, I won't go on too long with that stuff. But uh, unlike that winding justification I just gave you, I try to keep the show to a short like 20 to 30 minutes so that the everything's digestible and bite sized and you, you don't end up with you know, a show that could be two hours of just way too much information and too much depth. So um, I find that important as well in trying to get to the the root and the true understanding of what we, it is we're talking about when it comes to lore. So that's my perspective. I love no, it. I, I was going to say that's very, actually very, very insightful. Um, side note as well to Brothers of Tamriel podcast gave us a raid while we were doing, while, while you were giving your... Uh, my description. <laughs> what my what diatribe. Giving, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Um, so thank you guys for uh, dropping in as well with everybody. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. Hi, guys. Um, but no, I, I actually, I very much agree. And I like, that is one thing about this game that I specifically like how it's written. And it's come up several times that the un unreliable narrator is like a big crux that this series has because unlike a lot of uh you know other writing where there's a definitive history it's weird that this game is written in a way that mimics our real world because right it it, it's kind of strange that you almost need to intentionally put yourself in the shoes of the different races to then find a way to write about it as if you were that race like they're right. almost rping themselves in order to write as opposed to being a narrator writing a story yeah um, and i think that's something common to a lot of good good authors if you're going to be writing a uh, a really interesting and realistic fictitious fictional work then um, and and this, I think this tends to be a trend more over the, you know, the last few decades. It, you want to see the world from the characters you're writing about. You yep. don't want to see the world from some omnipotent narrator perspective, because that's that's just not real. Like we, don't, nobody has that perspective. Like that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. Have having just one god entity that's like this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's like okay. I mean, and that can still be interesting. If if the story is interesting, but it becomes much more real when it's done from, I mean, even each one of the races has their own names for the same gods and stuff like that, which is beyond being mind bendingly complicated when you read through the books and everything like that. And there's mm -hmm. various interpretations. It makes it feel so real like it 
really feels like a world that's just like, yep, you're just getting whatever perspective from whatever story you have, and it's like, you're only a villain from the other side. You're not necessarily a legitimate villain, unless you're Molag Ball, and then you're pretty much the worst. But uh, <laughs> yeah. other, other, other by, than that... You, by your nature, are just terrible. Yeah, <laughs> many good points about him. Vampires yeah, but, are kind of cool, time. but that's pretty much all he's kind of got going for him. <laughs> by extension. Uh, yeah. 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 But, no, so, I, I thought that was very eloquently put. So. Thanks. Um, so I, I think oftentimes people will just stop there too. They'll say like, this is really cool because that's, that gets stated uh, by a lot of content creators and, you know, people at Zoss and people at Bethesda. Um, One of the other things I really enjoy about the lore is that there are other little nuances that are less uh, notable or noticeable um, until you actually dig into it. So uh, the episode I just released this last week is about Pelinal Whitestrake because of the um the pvp stuff and the quest that you get I talks about that at work Pelinal's, yeah pelinal literally uh, what i did yesterday right right <laughs> pelinal's bounty or whatever it's called whatever that yeah scroll that you get right that gives you extra xp and so i was like okay this would be a great opportunity because i've been talking about like early man the needs who are these early men who did things in tamriel and made a name for themselves and started their empires and all that so I, I dug into some of the texts about Pelinal and um, read it on the actual episode. And I noted this in the episode that some of the language used in the text is antiquated. Um, and this is one of the things that happens when you read a bunch of philosophy and you read a bunch of religious texts in general, they are translated from their original sources. And the second layer on top of that is not only are they translated from their original sources, but the translation that you're reading is probably from X number of years ago. So you're translating words from another language into your language at a time when you didn't speak it. So you're going to get antiquated words that approximate the thing that the text was trying to say. And there's that kind of flavor to some of the documents in, in the game, especially some of the older documents. Um, And I think that that's really cool. That means that somebody knew that in order to create that tone in the writing. Um, And I don't think that's one of those things that a lot of people notice. You know, they just kind of read through the document and they think, oh, this this sounds kind of funny. But it sounds kind of funny in a very realistic, real world kind of way, which is really cool. Yeah. So it's just one of those little side notes that you kind of note as you dig more and more into the the texts. Another one would be something like uh, the way that uh, analogy is used in describing early events of like the Dawn era um, and of the Adra and the Daedra and the early events and things. There's a lot of analogy or like the Yakudan lore has lots of analogy about like a serpent eating its own tail and like um, ancient religious works in our own you know, world sound like that. They're all written through mostly analogy. And, you know, what most of us in America are familiar with are, are stuff like the Bible, the Old Testament, and the New Testament. So, But you look at, um, you know, even Jesus uses analogy in order to try to explain deeper truths through, you know, through those documents. Um, so it's it feels real, realish, right. I guess you could say. Yeah. And it's helpful, too. I mean, it, it, it I guess it kind of helps when you have a, a series, so to speak, as the Elder Scrolls. That has carried on for going on 26 years oh my now, gosh. as the yeah. 25th anniversary was last year. 
Um, needless yeah, to it say, they can rent a car. Yeah, exactly. They can, they can rent a car. They've achieved almost everything. Soon they can run for president. Um, Pretty soon, yeah. So the thing that's interesting about a series that runs so long like that is that you have a turnover in writers. Mm-hmm. So the styles will also shift. I mean, we've had a lore master shift literally during the course of Elder Scrolls Online. But I mean... Yeah, this time last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um yeah. And, you know, throughout the throughout the various years, I mean, the original creators of the game are no longer with the company anymore. Um, and you also have people like Michael Kirkbride, who, despite some of his uh, interesting side effects that have come out <laughs> or whatever, you know, his writing style was very, very unique when he was writing for Morrowind and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, so you get his flavor, which is very different than, say, Lehman Tuttle's flavor to the series. And Mm -hmm. they all mesh together when you look at Elder Scrolls as a whole of, wow, there is a lot of different tones and a lot of different uh, writings that combined really flesh things out, whether that was initially the goal or if it's just kind of become the goal when they realize, like, what they had on their hands, because... I mean, the series is nearly unrecognizable as people have seen as I've been going through some of the older games. A lot of things have changed in 25 years. Just a bit, like Um, Lizard Man to Argonian. Lizard Man, (laughs) yeah, just Lizard Man. And no matter how many there are, there's always, it's just, there are nine Lizard Mans. It's not, there are no Lizard Men. Yeah, that's like a coding thing where they didn't want to add the variable (laughs) for if plural, then add change language. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's funny stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, Pixie, I guess what? Uh, how how do you take lore uh, from your perspective of the series? So to kind of build off what Robots was saying, uh, it really adds to the immersion for me. So before I started playing Elder Scrolls games, uh, I and I still am actually like super into the Legend of Zelda series. I would spend hours trying to connect the dots on this timeline that at the time didn't exist now there is an official (laughs) timeline but i was one of those timeline crazies yeah that thing's nuts yeah (laughs) it's still like it doesn't make sense but (laughs) it kind of like so you take a game like zelda that has this very non-linear timeline that people are even questions like did the devs actually think about this whenever they were going through this whole thing and then you compare that to elder scrolls where you have this very continuous series that sometimes, yeah, it kind of contradicts itself, but it has a reason for contradicting itself because of the unreliable narrator. And it's just so rock solid and so deep. I can spend hours getting lost on UESP, just clicking around like, oh, I want to know more about, I mentioned earlier, vampires in ESO because of Greymore coming out. And I'm excited about that. I click there and it's like, oh, I want to hear more about these blood matrons. What are they? And then you just get in this click hole and you then you end up learning more about Moloch Ball. And then it's like, oh, wait, that relates back to ESO. So this makes more sense now. And it's just this huge, sprawling, living world in and of itself that I can just find myself getting lost in, even whenever I'm not in game, which is just really incredible to me. And 
I use video games, like, if if I am depressed or something, it really helps me to just kind of escape my problems, unwind at the end of the night, and just escape to this fantasy world where magic is real and I can heal things, and I really, really like it. But having this layer of lore that I can just dive into on my off time is just amazing to me. It makes it more, it makes it less just a game, more this kind of fantasy novel of sorts that I can just dive into for hours and really brings so much depth to me personally. Yeah. Nice. So I've got another little, little snippet of a thing to add in if that's okay. Yeah, yeah no, go for it. Absolutely. Um, so one of the other things I really think think is interesting about uh the way the elder scrolls lore works compared to, the best thing to compare the old elder scrolls lore to is something like an epic fantasy novel series because it has the same kind of depth that a writer like somebody like tolkien or um uh game of thrones guy george uh, R. R. martin martin yeah um would do right what's different though is that those were written in a time where you didn't have live feedback from your audience or almost live spontaneous like regular feedback from your audience um these games came out over the last 26 years and most of them during the time of the internet where and in the more frequently more recently the ones where you could actually stream like hyperpixie was doing and respond in real time to the things that you're seeing which means that the writers are watching us respond to their writing and bending and changing uh and being influenced by our own reactions uh, in a way that like writers, you know, 20 years ago or longer weren't because that wasn't a thing. So in that in that kind of way, we are co-creators in the world. Yeah. Not just because we can play the games and actually do things in that world, but because our response is live in a way to the creators themselves. Right, 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 right. And we really know no, they that's... watch. Rich pops into chats all across Twitch, and I see him uh, sometimes in my chat, and Maddie Gun's here in chat. Oh, yeah. He's in his chat. He's all yeah, over the Yeah, he was stream place. sniping Maddie earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Rich. <laughs> it was Rich the whole time. <laughs> Plot Who twist. can ban the banner? <laughs> He's like sitting behind the scenes like, <laughs> kill me, will you? <laughs> Finally, my revenge. <laughs> I told you the Daggerfall Covenant was winning this alliance war and none of you can ever stop that. <laughs> Curses. Curse you, Rich. <laughs> um, no, that's, this is why, yeah, see, this is actually why I'm very glad um, both of you kind of, have explained this since <laughs> I have, I don't know. So mine is, um, mine is like sort of, I would almost say like a more shallow way of experiencing the lore, but it's something that's like a little strange. Cause I've never really had this, uh, attachment to another series and why this has kind of become my favorite series over the years <laughs> is I love the stories to the game. They're, they're great. But what I originally got hooked on, um, as I make no real dancing around the fact that Morrowind, even after all these years, is still my favorite, um, not just Elder Scrolls game, but it's my my, my favorite um, video game, period. Um, so the thing is, I fell in love with the environment 
which is going to seem kind of weird, but it's the land of the series more. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the, um, the land of the series, specifically like Morrowind, I had no idea what I was doing when I first played that game. I had no clue. So I booted it up on my friend's Xbox and tried it out, and I was just mesmerized by I had no idea what the hell was going on, and I was getting attacked by this like oddly shaped white ant thing that <laughs> turned out to be a, a scrib. And you could swing um, at it, but you couldn't hit it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just whiffing sounds, and then I died. And I'm like, what kind Why of can't game I is this? this? Like, um, <laughs> the game's but, broken. Yeah, yeah. It, so it was so weird and alien, and... To be fair, for a long time, I had, I mean, you can get lost in these worlds where you can just roam around and everything like that, but I I had no direction in that game when I started. I'm just like, well, this is just fascinating. So I got lost in Vardenfell or Morrowind itself, and... I went through and eventually beat the game, and I was like, okay, yeah, that was enjoyable. I, I like that. This is, this game's a ton of fun, and I kept going back to it. And then or, uh, several years later, Oblivion came out, and I remember just as soon as you walk out of the sewers for the first time, and you've got that weird, super god-ray, sun-bleached thing hitting your eyes when you leave the Imperial sewers, and you look out over that bridge into the lake, and I'm like, dude, this is, like, prettier than life. Like, what is happening with this? <laughs> and... It always ended up turning into I would fall in love with everything that I was doing in the game, just like playing it, and then the stories would fill it in for me. So I actually, until somewhat recently, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I've really started to enjoy the stories a lot, and I listen to all of the books from in-game. Uh, I don't read them because that would take forever but i i download all the audio ones i believe i've shouted them out before but skyrim book club they do more than just skyrim they literally have done all of the books 793 i think there are um and podcast format so you can just listen to them like audiobooks um so that's kind of how i fill in my my extra um storyline stuff but the thing was and still kind of is, is I'm always fascinated by the environment that I'm in myself. And the lore of the series just kind of grounds it into something for me rather than the story being the focus for me, which I don't know if that's common or not common or whatever, but I've found that it's been a lingering thing since I've started. And I don't think I've ever got attached to a series where... It's not the story that keeps me coming back. It's just, I want to see the things. I want to interact with the things. And the lore and the stories enrich what's there, as opposed to be the draw for me, which I don't know if that's like a kudos to the writing or an unintentional slight or whatever. I don't really mean it that way, but like, it's just very, very different because I wouldn't want... Like, I wouldn't play a Game of Thrones game or, you know, back when Game of Thrones was a show with all seven seasons that weren't trash. Um, whereas I don't care much about where they were, like in Westeros. It was like, okay, I want to know what's happening with this character and what's going on with this character and stuff like that. And this just feels like I get to experience what's there and the stories kind of just happen around you 
And that to me is like, okay, that's great. That fills it in. But like the lore is almost supplementary to me because just the environment that they've created for whatever reason is just like mesmerizing. It's that continent just like, I don't know if that was intended when they started. I kind of get the feeling it might not have been just from like some of the older games, <laughs> but like it is so detailed. It's like mind bending <laughs> And it's hard to, like, wrap your head around it, like, staring at, like, a Google map. And, I mean, you can just Google map, like, the Elder Scrolls Nern, and it would be, like, a real-world map, which is just very, I don't know, it's it's a very interesting series because of that, to me personally, at least. I totally get that. And with Morrowind in particular, that was my first experience in Elder Scrolls as a whole series. Also, I remember I had a friend who was visiting from whenever I had first moved to Florida and he he was he was actually my friend's uh, older brother and he saw me watching him play and he eventually one night he's like, do you want to play? I'm going to go to bed early if you want to stay up and just don't save anything and you're fine. And so I stayed up all night long and I remember I, I was I found the Telvani Towers and I had no idea what they were. I just saw giant mushrooms at like eight or nine years old and just thought it was the coolest thing ever. My mind was completely yep. blown and I just knew I needed to know more. And I remember a few years after that, I didn't have an Xbox myself, so I couldn't play the game until much later. Uh, I remember being like, you know, I'd really like to get into that game someday if I ever get an Xbox or a PC. And I actually ended up on UESP reading about Morrowind, even though I didn't <laughs> play the games. So I just wanted to know more about the, the, the story there and what were these strange creatures attacking me. And so I totally get how that environment can just really draw you in. And it's like that for me with Skyrim, too. I can just roam around Skyrim all day, not fight a single thing, not do a single mission, and just be completely content just traveling the roads mm -hmm. and just be completely immersed in what I'm doing, especially if you turn on a mod like Frostball or Skyrim Survival Mode or something like that. It just, it takes it to another level and it's it's really incredible that a game can capture you from both sides, both environment and story and just keep you so engrossed yep. in what it has. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I'll just roam around in Skyrim and be like, oh, I'm going to get some achievements on this new version of the game that I have on yet another platform because <laughs> Todd Howard keeps convincing me somehow to buy more copies. But, uh, and since I'm an achievement junkie. I like 100%ing things. I'm like, oh, I'll just get some achievements. And I'll go on with a direction of like, I'm going to do whatever the thing is. And then like, four hours later, it's like, oh, man, I got to go to work or the gym or whatever. And I'm like, I walked around in the plains of Whiterun for four hours. I didn't do anything like, <laughs> at all. I listened to the pretty music and was like, ooh, like a, a torch bug. And I pulled its butt off and then just <laughs> roamed around, grabbed some tundra cotton. I was like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, imagine the torch bugs version of that story. <laughs> yeah, see? The unreliable torch bug narrator. This guy, this monster this guy was just wandering around for four a, hours then he yeah, came up and pulled yeah, my butt off. Glazed over look in his eye and then he just ripped my husband's butt <laughs> off. Super weird, creepy dude. Just like <laughs> He's a monster. <laughs> what is he doing out here? Don't you have anything better to do, Dragonborn? <laughs> <laughs> he shouted at a plant. <laughs> I don't understand what he's doing. So, um, 
I think you guys, I, so I started, I didn't, I didn't, well, I didn't really start in Morrowind. I played Morrowind until I realized that I couldn't hit the thing and then it, I bounced off of it because it was a <laughs> downloaded, <laughs> pirated copy mm, oh, of the game. Yeah, um, look, you were just playing the Godhead and you were creating <laughs> your own narrative. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I did get into Oblivion when that came out and had a very similar uh, response of like, man, this this world feels lived in in a way that other worlds didn't. And I think one of the elements that made it work for me is that there was it's this wonderful mix of in the lore in general is this wonderful mix of familiar and unfamiliar at the same time. Yes. So you have like, oh, I know what elves and dwarves and orcs and things are. But then you go. Oh, but these are different. They just have the same kinds of names, right? right. They're not really right. Tolkien-esque in, in a, any significant way. It's just kind of a starting point for familiarity. Yes. Uh, but then you're, you're like, oh, but then there are these demonic things that enter the world. So I know what demons are, but and Daedra are really not, they're not demons. Um, you know, like there's this corollary. So it's kind of familiar enough until you get under the surface and then you go, mm, no, this is different. I need to figure out what this is. How is this different? Why is this different? Who are these gods? Who are these creatures? Where do they come from? How does magic actually work? I know how magic works in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, wait, no, it doesn't work like that. Hmm. Okay. Something else is going on. Got to dig into that. Mm -hmm. So it's familiar and yet completely foreign all at the same time. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. That, that a hundred percent there. There's so much of that too, where it's just close enough to make a reference point and ground it. So it's not just totally off the wall, wacky crap all the time. Right. But at the same time, it's not, you know, you're not fighting spider Daedra in real life or, mm-hmm. or lizard. Know, well, at least I hope you're not. <laughs> I don't know. There was a really big spider that took over my house one time. And I'm pretty sure Mephalo sent that one. See, they all right. Yeah. So in most cases, wait, does it, doesn't, I was going to say, you in some type of dream where this is actually a master ploy to get the rest of us done for as well. Is that what this is? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, at least we're aware of it. Look out for Maybe the spiders. She's Mafala herself. <laughs> I think I'm way too terrified of spiders to be Mafala herself, unless it's some yeah. kind of like Shiagora mm-hmm. jigglag situation going on where you're still Mafala, but now you're scared of spiders. Have fun in your realm. <laughs> That's exactly what somebody who wants to deceive us would say. <laughs> That's right. You'll never know until the spiders yeah. come. That's really Mafala talk. <laughs> If I've ever heard, <laughs> but um, no, well, thank you guys. That's that's um, that was exactly what I was hoping to hear because I'm always curious on people's viewpoints of this series since there's so much to love and or theoretically not love. I guess if it's something you don't like, uh, there this series has so many avenues, and rarely do you get something quite this fleshed out. But I mean, it's. Like you said, it's old enough to drive. In theory, it's, this series has been around for a comically long time when you think about it. So mm-hmm. very rare is something quite this long lasting. It's almost as old as me now. And that's kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, dun. it's always been almost as old as you. Yeah, that's true. That's, the now that's, true. that's never just... actually changed. <laughs> the now is Unless superfluous. Found some ad- Right, you found some advanced aging technique. I'm you know, he's getting closer in age to me. <laughs> Damn it, Elder Scrolls is catching up on me. Once again. Percentage-wise, it does. <laughs> um, all right.
right, well, that was pretty much what I had hoped to accomplish with that. So I guess why don't we, um, you know, why don't we bounce it back to Pixie? Pixie, why don't you tell us about your tales for this last show? All right. So throughout the week, I was kind of, I'm doing that thing that a lot of PVPers seem to like not like right now, where I'm a PVEer who goes in and just tries to be as sneaky as possible to do a town quest for the tickets and then just get out of Dodge real fast. <laughs> I, I had a lot going on during the week, so I wasn't in ESO too much until yesterday. I actually got really sick, so I was kind of down and out for part of the week. Um, so yesterday I was back in game and I had a stream going. Ended up having a whole bunch of volunteers to do a dungeon. It's like, well, we've got two tanks. We've got a whole bunch of DPS volunteering now. Let's just see if we can get an impromptu trials group together. And I've only done a handful of trials in the game. Because um, I primarily stick to dungeons, just things that I can easily pug and run through pretty quickly. Um, but I was like, we have so many people here. And we ended up having to pull in, I think, two people from Craglorn Zone Chat. Um, we did Normal Sunspire and then uh, Normal Cloud Rest plus two. And that was my first time doing plus two. And I'm about to get logged out of this game. Um, that was my first time ever doing plus two. So that was a really cool experience. We actually, I don't remember how many tries it took. I think it was only like four tries before we actually That's not got bad it. And you said that was how many people did you pug from Craig? There were two people who were pugs, but there was one guy who that this night that he did the trials with us was his first night ever doing a trial in ESO. He's really new to the game. Um, and then there was another one who had never done cloud rest specifically, but he had done other trials in the past. Okay. Uh, so and then Sunspire went super smooth. I I don't even know. If we wiped in Sunspire at all, we did really, really well. I was really nice. impressed. And it was only normal, so it wasn't anything like sure, hair on but... fire, but it was super fun. And it was able to get these these people who hadn't experienced trials in ESO a little taste of what they're like. Especially the the new guy. He was coming from Final Fantasy fourteen, so he's used to like twenty four man raids. He's like, Wow, this is oh, content okay. that I didn't even like understand how it worked in ESO and he was really excited to get into it. I was really happy that we were able to get him in there and it was just a blast everyone was joking around having a good time the pugs were super friendly it was just really an amazing experience and then there's today <laughs> 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 so it started out i i we had the, i had a plan with uh, a guy i regularly tank with lego he was like, I want to test a Nightblade tank that I built. He's at 50. He's he's fully geared. I'm ready to take him into Vet Scale Collar. I was like, sweet. I can totally do that with you uh, Saturday night. Uh, should be a pretty quick run as long as we can get a couple DPS to go with us. So I log on. He's still caught up in his trial. I was like, all right. I've probably got about 30 minutes of time to waste. And I was like, you know, I could do a random normal. I could go random vet. I was like, I'm feeling courageous tonight. Let's do random vet. There's no way it'll put me into one of the DLC dungeons. And the screen for Frost mm. Vault appears. <laughs> now I was going to say, so Finn heard that. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usually it throws me into vet scale collar every single time <laughs> I say that. But I'm like, you know what? I've pugged scale collar before. Even if I have to do scale collar twice in one night, no big deal. Was not anticipating Frost Vault. That's where everything started to slip a little. So we get in. And I'm like, okay, I've never done this one on vet before. I've only done it on normal. And so I I go in and everybody seems friendly, 
We get to the first trash mob. Tank is just immediately one-shotted. I'm like, oh no. And so we get the tank up. We're like, hey, could you slot different? Could you use some different food? Do you have any different gear that maybe you could slot? Your health's just a little this, low. This isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> we kind of need you to not die in one hit. Pretty please. We love you, but please don't die. And yeah, at least take like two or three hits. Yeah, if, if you can be like a one, like if you can die in two hits, that's enough time for me to get a quick heal out. And so we die a couple more times to the trash mobs. And haven't even gotten to the uh, to the first boss yet. And the DPS is like, do you want me to put some heals on my back bar? And I was like, I really hate to be this person, but we can't heal through a one-shot. There's nothing we can really do unless we just have insane buffs going down. And so then the tank ended up, he was very nice. Everybody was very nice about the whole situation. Tank left. And we waited and waited and waited and couldn't get a tank. I'm like, I've got to go. I have stuff to do. So that's whenever I left. About that time, Lego was wrapping it up in his trial. So then we jumped into Scale Caller Peak. Um, pulled in a couple people. Well, one person from chat. And then I also pulled in. We just we pugged the other guy. And we got them in Discord with us. Super friendly guys. I've known Gamer Moat from the Lore Seekers for a while now. I knew he was nice. The pug was super friendly. Neither of them had done the dungeon. So we're like, okay, we can walk you guys through mechanics. This is going to be a teaching run and it's going to be really fun. And the only one that really tripped us up other than the last boss, and we didn't have time to finish it. Spoiler alert. We didn't clear it tonight, but... uh, so the first boss really tripped us up, and I feel like that one's the biggest pug killer, the troll twins, where you have to use one's abilities to block the other one's abilities. And if you don't time that freeze phase exactly right, like go to run to freeze yourself as soon as you see that AoE go away, you're dead. And there's not much you can really do about it. Um, but they were really good at taking direction, and we were back in the game constantly. And so we eventually cleared that. They did an awesome job. Everything else just pretty much melted. They did fantastic. Last boss tripped us up. It's a pain in the butt with the RNG and the statues. So I'm convinced that we would have killed her if I would have had more time to stick in with them. They may have actually. I heard them talking about yeah, pulling in another chat, healer. Yeah, in it looks like they did. Oh, congratulations, guys. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like they did finish it, actually. I was about to say, I know they could do it. And they oh, did yeah, no, fantastic. You, you were all, like, cruising along to the point that you were on the cusp of it. It was just one of those things that it's like, okay, if you stick at this you'll get there so yeah it was it was a lot of fun um so really those were the highlights of my week in ESO which is a little bit shorter because I was a baby with sickness and just wanted to lay down (laughs) and watch Netflix um all right well robots here's your first (laughs) experience so um in the last 26 years of Elder Scrolls what are your tales (laughs) (laughs) well <laughs> uh, I, I can talk about what I've been doing recently. Yeah, I was um, going to say, no, whatever you, yeah. yeah, any any tales of note that you'd like to throw in is just kind of how we, uh, so, yeah, yeah, you know, anything of interest. Yeah, you know, doing a little bit, bit of PvP, doing the doing some of the event stuff. Um, Ooh, nice. PvP isn't my main my main thing, mm-hmm. but um, it's fun. You know, I don't. My main character is not built for PvP, so if I do enter, I did enter Cyrodiil, did the whole like, oh, just kind of sneak around and try not to get killed in order to get some you know quest done 
Um, but he's too squishy. He's he's very PVE built. He's like high damage, but if somebody locks me down, I just, yeah. just melt. Um, so, uh, but then I, I got a chance to uh, play some PvP content, some uh, Battlegrounds with uh, a tune I've been leveling. I've been leveling a Magicka um, Necromancer. So oh, doing okay. that, that and uh, and doing like leveling like sub fifty with a uh, with her and she's just like melting people's faces, which is which was fun. So that was good times. Uh, some of the people in chat um, who I saw earlier uh, were doing that with me, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but other than that, I've been so about this time last year, I decided I was going to get through all of the uh, quest content in the whole game with my main character and I kind of gave up on that by about summertime because I started just doing other stuff. It's also overwhelming. (laughs) It's also overwhelming. It's really long, but I've kind of gotten back onto the grind, um, going through all of the, uh, like the, I don't know, the Northwestern provinces areas, uh, and doing that with my main, with my main tune, who is a Khajiit and clearly not part of the Daggerfall covenant. Um, so, but like, do you guys get the feeling when you're doing this kind of stuff in the game that like, it's obviously built so that you can be whatever character, whatever class. I mean, he's a, he's a Nightblade Khajiit vampire who is not from the Daggerfall Covenant coming to help them <laughs> stop necromancers and do all of these, right? And I'm like, this is a little weird, but Okay. Yeah, you know, see like, how this plays out. <laughs> right, right. And he's like cleared most of the Dark Brotherhood contents and the Thieves Guild. Like he's very deadly, very sneaky, um, you know, geared out. So I just like blow through like bosses or like, you know, bosses of story content before they're even done like taunting me. You know, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, they're like, huh, you will never stand up. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, a shout out to AKB from the UESP as he loves Zumog Foom so very much. Uh-huh. Uh, he, on a serious note, you know, he can't tolerate him. And that fight, he <laughs> couldn't finish insult. And I, you know, I play as a tank, so I damage is not my gimmick. Um, <laughs> but I put on my PVP gear when I quest just to speed things along a little bit. Uh-huh. And he couldn't finish insulting me by the time he was dead. Like I'm like, well, that was you're a terrible necromancer, and you are not <laughs> yeah. a threat. Like yeah. that was awful. Yeah, but that's okay because I'm I'm really not doing it for the challenge. You know, like if I want to no, do absolutely. it for a little more of the challenge, I'd I'd start a new tune, and you know, but even then, the CP level kind of balances that out anyway. Right. Sure. Sure. Um, but uh, getting through the content is is fun, and um, a lot of those areas I've played through other characters as I leveled them. But I didn't get all the way to like the end of the story, so now I'm getting to catch it in like the end of the story, and I'm like, oh, so that's how that wraps up. And I'm starting to see a lot of similar themes from yep. like years ago when they created those main areas, you know, and like, like I think I'm almost every zone you go back in a dream somewhere, <laughs> you get teleported yeah, into a dream. Yeah, that was a gimmick they used quite a bit. Yeah, they use that stuff a lot. Um, you know, so just kind of doing that stuff, but. But there's there's always stuff that makes me go makes me think twice. Like for example, I start having questions about the Khajiit because there are zones, there are areas that you need to get to because it's along the coastline where you actually have to swim. Are Khajiit like most cats, and then they don't like water? <laughs> and if that's the case, should I skip that quest <laughs> because the Khajiit would just be like, nope, <laughs> not yeah, getting no. wet. Nope. 
Just turns around. Yeah, just takes off, runs back to the sands. Yeah, yeah, I'm going back to the sands. And if that's the case, and, and, I, and I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know that I've come across any lore or stories that actually explain if Khajiit are water. I don't know, apprehensive or I don't know what the right yeah. word is. Water um, resistant. Water <laughs> resistant. <laughs> is your cat waterproof? <laughs> yeah, waterproof. Uh, but if that's the case, then do they not bathe? And if that's the case, do they groom themselves like a cat? Cat. So there is that right. feline grooming emote that I actually think I have. Oh, really? Because one of the ones that I was going to say, they do seem to make reference to them having some similarities to like mm-hmm. a standard cat. I forget where. I wish I remembered what zone it was in, but one of the uh, Khajiit is trying to get another person's attention who is not a Khajiit and the other person is horrified because they're like, well, this person clearly, this, this Khajiit clearly hates me. She came over and she, she dropped a, uh, what is it? Uh, she, she dropped a, a dead skeever on my doorstep uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, and, and anytime I'm looking around, they like headbutt me and it's it's like really awkward and I, I I'm I'm worried they're gonna try to like rob me or whatever. And then when you talk to the Khajiit, they're like, I left the ceremonial mating gift of the oh dead skeever on their doorstep uh-huh. and and I lovingly give them a nuzzle and they just seem horrified. I'm like, okay, you're a literal walking cat. Got it. <laughs> right, right. So if that's the case, then they then maybe they groom themselves instead of bathe. And if that's the case, they must be extremely flexible if they're all like humanoid shape. <laughs> but that also means that they're grooming parts of their body that most of us can't reach with our mouths. Yeah, which that's... leads to other disturbing questions. Mm. Right? About, like, Is it like a group activity or <laughs> right, something? Or, yeah, or yeah. you know, if you can reach all of those parts, do you need to leave your house? You know. I don't know. <laughs> 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 anyway. Also true. <laughs> this is where uh, my brain goes. Yeah, that's it. well. Actually, one good thing that was uh, brought up by Dagamoth. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I don't know. Dagamoth in chat uh, traders, and they use ships, right. and that brings into the piracy aspect and stuff yep. like that. So you'd think if they're like sea based, which in many cases they are, as they're known for being smugglers. Right. You would hope that, that seems like that is a tragic uh, race flaw. <laughs> if you're like, "Yep, all right, to the high seas, we've sprung a leak. We're all just going to slowly die." Like, yeah, there's yeah. no saving us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about the could they swim or not part of it. It was more yeah. of a like, well, I, I and I thought about the trading on the sea stuff, and I was like, well, maybe they, you know, maybe they go yeah, on do they ships. Tolerate it they or, tolerate yeah. it because of the trade and mm-hmm. making money because they're yeah. all about like, you know, but swim they, is but, a hell of a drug. No. Don't make them, yeah. But don't make them jump in the water for any reason. Like somebody right. else is scrub, scrubbing the barnacles off that. Yeah, you know, if you hole. submerge the Khajiit, will it spaz out? Or... <laughs> right, right. So anyway, those are my adventures lately. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely can see that because a little while ago I did finish all the quests. And good Lord, that is a lot of quests. I actually am curious. They stopped tracking them. Your final achievement is for completing a thousand. Mm. Um. And I got that, I think, two years ago, and I just recently completed all the quests. So oh my gosh. I can't imagine how many quests, side quests, and everything are actually in this game. It is daunting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, yeah. Right but, now, I'm just going through the mainline ones in order to finish the Cadwell yep. stuff. Um, but yeah. 
there's I mean, there's a lot and there's yeah. some that pop up like the situation has to be right for them to sh- correct appear. which so can be tricky sometimes because they'll go to an it'll pop up in an area that you ha- don't necessarily need to go back to right so that can really make things convoluted because every now and then i'm wondering like you get all the in-game achievement stuff or trophies since i'm on playstation long before you do all of the things but i just do them because i'm a completionist so sometimes i'll go go to an area and this you know has been over the years and i'm like wait this place is like everything's done i'm looking at the map thing and it's all you know finished and stuff but there'll just be like a new little side quest of somebody who just showed up and then when you talk to them it's like oh you're relating to something i did a year ago and i've just never been back to this region so i had no idea you've just probably been waiting here sitting by this overturned cart or whatever so (laughs) (laughs) for a year just waiting for for you to come by (laughs) yep yep but um all right so i guess so my eso stuff is very straightforward um i i do not consider myself i guess to the circulation of the quote that's been going around online to try to put a more positive spin on things recently um i'm not a pvp player specifically either um but i'm also sort of not a pve -er. i literally just do everything in the game because i'm kind of ocd (laughs) um so as a result i i definitely have always kind of considered myself well i i you know i'm just an eso player which then has picked on a different connotation recently because a whole debates on that but it's i do pvp i find it fun uh, Mid-Year Mayhem, as I've mentioned many times, is my favorite event. So I have made as much as a uh, dive into this event as humanly possible. Uh, I got bumped out of the top 10, unfortunately, in the last campaign because I had to go to work during during the final stretch of the campaign. And I got bumped from 9th to 13th, and I was super bummed out because I was like, damn it, I wanted to be in the top 10, but not so much. <laughs> um I had to leave my main campaign of Calgrantid, which is, uh, as anybody knows, uh, that plays a lot of Cyrodiil PvP. That's like the granddaddy. It's uh, champion points enabled. It's 30-day campaigns. Your alliance is locked, so you can't like flip sides and sell out basically what the plans are of the other teams. No spies. Is, yeah. Um, but... <laughs> During this event, good luck getting in there. Uh, I queued in before I switched servers, and it had a two-plus-hour oh wait gosh. clock for the queue, and I believe I was 1,096th in line. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, cool, nope, not going to happen. So, yeah, I switched servers real fast. Uh, but, yeah, so I, I was, I've been playing a lot in uh, Cyrodiil, and the other thing that I've been trying to get into uh, is battlegrounds a little bit which is a very different beast and i always say is a little more skill oriented rather than dealing with battlefield tactics so as a result i'm worse at it Uh, (laughs) but it's fun uh there's a few features that i'm trying to figure out it is very just from a uh, gameplay standpoint um from somebody who does not main a dps um battlegrounds has its modes for other things um that aren't just dps but man is battlegrounds focused on dps characters and support characters are really just 
yeah, that's fine. Like, you get less medals for it. You get less points for helping. It's really... It's got a very heavy DPS focus, which is fine or whatever. But um, as I've been actually talking to... Uh, Bob Chickens, or Bob Chinsky, if you want to use his real name. But <laughs> Chicken. Bob Chickens. Uh, Bob Chickens and Dog, as we went over, is their possible new show name. <laughs> um, so I've, I've been chatting with them uh, a little bit, and um, there are just a few things that I haven't been able to wrap my head around, as I tend to prefer Cyrodiil as uh, opposed to Battlegrounds. And not to turn this into just like a huge PvP tangent, but there are some features... I'm going to be working on trying to understand a little better because sometimes I'm a bit confused as to why things are how they are. And one of them is the assist feature. It does, you get your kill credit for last hit. So if you're the shot that kills the person, that's where you get your credit. You, you got the killing blow. If you showed up and the person had four hit points and you... <laughs> tripped and sneezed on them but it did five hit points of damage even though say they had fifty thousand hit points you got the kill not the people who beat them up you got the kill which is fine it's just i mean from a coding standpoint that also totally makes sense i get it um but i've been having a rough time trying to figure out what what some of these um systems are that are in play because certain situations i seem like i will just tee off on somebody which again damage isn't my main game i'm much more of a tank slash healer and then damage is the third in line and if i'm in a 1v1 or something and i whittle somebody down to like half health and then my teammates come in and either save my life because i'm not doing so hot or they just are like well this is too slow and this is getting embarrassing so they just melt the person (laughs) and (laughs) i i'm occasionally confused why i'm like okay cool they're dead success why didn't i at least get an assist out of that like i just got completely snubbed and i like i did some work and i got i got no acknowledgement whatsoever and i was like well that that feels kind of bad because you don't get individual ap for kills in battlegrounds it's medals and then you just get an end tally score and hopefully your team wins so i guess i maybe notice a little more that a lot of times i seem like I get kind of snubbed <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'd really like to change what I'm doing to not have that happen because I assume it's on me, but it's just something I guess I hadn't really realized going to prior. So there's um, <clears throat> a lot of games, uh, especially MOBAs, mm-hmm. yes. uh, deal with this in different ways where they uh, they will allocate XP or some sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like a gold point distribution. value. Yep to different things. So if somebody is specced as a healer, then they get points for healing. Somebody specced as a tank, they get points for taking damage and, you know, protecting their their other players. Um, they also have uh, oftentimes awards for uh, like most assists. And the idea of assisting somebody is a much broader thing. Like even if you heal somebody who's fighting someone else and gets a kill, then maybe you assist, you can assist for that kill because they wouldn't have been able to stay alive in order to get it otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they might they might want to pull from some of those ideas if they were ever to expand this out and really balance it. Right, and I mean, they could, they're, they you know, they keep growing these systems more and more, and this is just one I had less experience with. And when you get the little pops in 
Cyrodiil, where it's like, okay, well, your teammate wrecked so-and-so. Well, it divvies up your AP between the two of you, and it's like, well, I got my stuff, at least I was acknowledged. When it's kind of an all-or-nothing situation, I guess it was made more clear to me that I'm like, oh, I'm getting nothing more than I'm getting something. It's like, oh, well, that's an interesting note that I guess I had not realized nearly as much um, prior to. So it's just kind of an interesting thing that I need to now work on understanding better as I get more into it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it is what it is, and uh, so <laughs> I guess the only other update I have in terms of my stuff, because we skipped over it last time as the show went incredibly long for a show <laughs> that was just basically us gushing about how much fun ESO Vegas was. <laughs> uh, I think I was here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, I think you were in chat literally from beginning <laughs> to end for like almost, what was that? Two hours and 49 minutes or something, something like that. It was pretty late by the time it was done. Oh, yeah. It was, yes. Yeah, we were getting delirious again. <laughs> um, I had not given an update uh, as to my arena adventures, which I have been continuing to post uh, on my Twitter. I have not had as many updates recently just because any of my game time that I have available, I've been playing uh, Mid-Year Mayhem. However, I still have jumped on and off just because sometimes I don't have time to hook up, like log into ESO and do more than just my writs or whatever. So I found a few things. I mean, there have been plenty of posts on what has actually been there and uh, stuff throughout my adventures, but I figured I would just do a quick update to bring everybody aware uh, of what I've managed to dig myself to and several of the bizarre choices or just features of this game (laughs) that really kind of make me appreciate what the series is now. Starting most, most, uh, how can I put this? I was reading the stat screen wrong to start with. Like nothing about this game is meant to be easy. I've learned, including reading. <laughs> uh, so everybody's pretty familiar, especially since we're all ESO players. You have your health bar, you have your stamina bar, and you have your magicka bar. Well, you have those in Elder Scrolls Arena as well. Your blue bar is your Magicka bar. Your green bar is your health bar, apparently, I found out very recently. And your stamina bar, for some reason, is your red bar. (laughs) So (laughs) I was wondering why I was dying sometimes. Like, what the hell? I have, like, 85% health. And I realized I was reading it wrong because nothing is labeled. (laughs) They're just three bars. I knew my Magicka bar because I... I'm incompetent and not a mage, so (laughs) if I try to use a spell, the game will insult you and say, like, you have no magical talent, fool, or something like that. And I'm like, well, that was was unnecessarily cruel, (laughs) but thank you. I'm now aware that I can't do this. Um, But yeah, so those are inverted in this game. I'm not sure when that changed, but... (laughs) Health being green was something I took me an embarrassing amount of time to figure out. That yeah, <laughs> that health was... grows like plants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. Right? Where were you when I started, Tom? I needed that. I mean, that's clear. And stamina has to do with blood flows. It, it's like obvious. Red. See? Yeah. It's, and now clear. ESO doesn't make any sense. My whole world is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Things backwards. Um, so... I had mentioned being a disease-ridden ball of disaster last time we were playing where I had leprosy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I had the consumption. Um, 
So I cured oh, with my consumption. <laughs> yes, it's just a disease. Is that they don't have anything neat like you have astral vapors or rock joint. You, you know just how you get, get the consumption, right? You just get horrible <laughs> real world diseases that brutalize you in this game. So I got the consumption and I was like, well, this isn't great. From an Ardenian maid? It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I tried fast traveling. Uh and the game warned me that in my current condition, um, fast traveling might uh, not, what was it? I, I forget exactly how it was worded, but it, it, you know, you might not survive the journey pretty much. And I'm like, wow, that's dark. So I fast traveled, <laughs> assuming that that game is trying to build atmosphere and it killed me. Fast travel literally killed me. Um, you failed the Oregon so Trail. I did. And I don't know if it's a percentage roll. Or it's, what? Huh. So, so, like, some of those old games would actually uh, take, like, the time it would take to fast travel would be actual in-game game times. Yes, it does do that. It right. actually tells you it's going to be like, this is an 18-day, 9-hour, and 13-minute journey with the current weather and wind conditions. I'm like, well, that is very specific. <laughs> right, right. So, like, if, you, if your health is ticking away because of some disease. Exactly. Then, then it's going, okay, well, you're not going to survive because you won't have done anything but travel and correct. bleed and slowly death the entire <laughs> way. Exactly. Yeah. Which you are completely correct because I learned that that is how the system worked. Yeah. So I needed to make a quick save uh, and then try to chart going backwards how far I could make it without dying to the consumption <laughs> because it was... I didn't have any ability to heal myself because I, I, I'm not a mage and I didn't know disease was so prevalent and I was super early in the game so I had no way to cure myself. So I managed to finally get to a town that was like, I don't know, a day away or something like that. I got myself cured. I was all happy and everything like that. And I moved forward. Um, and... My direction, as I had mentioned last time, was I needed to go to Stonekeep to find this scroll thing so they would tell me where Fang Lair was, the same Fang Lair from uh, Elder Scrolls Online, which is pretty neat. And uh, they, the, the queen of the region, uh, were in Hammerfall, uh, or Hammerfell, mentioned that I need to go to this place called Stonekeep and it's uh, infested by a goblin king. They've taken over the thing and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's dead. And I'm like, oh, that sounds terrible. So I assume that is my quest. As far as I know, that is not my quest um, because I've completed it and I never even ran into a goblin king. I have no idea what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> um, I found the item. There were several things mentioning a goblin king. Well, I cleared the whole place and never ran into a Goblin King. I ran into a lot of rats and some lizard mans. Um, Maybe it was just a really haughty rat who was that, like, I am the Goblin King. Or, yeah, somebody just thought the name. rat was a small person. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's a Goblin King. It's like, that's a skeever. But <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, to be part of the skeever club, you have to have cool names like that, Goblin oh, King. See, all right. Or, yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. the rat whisperer and stuff. I, mm -hmm. I see. I think you might be yeah. on to something. Yeah. Vampire faces is like his next in, in line. <laughs> the torch. I'm bug. Goblin King. I'm Vampire Face. <laughs> We're the Skeevers. You make it sound like some kind of strange metal band. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I was going to mm -hmm. say, it's like, a, it's mm -hmm. like an after school club where you have a lot of matching patches on your leather jackets. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that needs to be the name of our band. 
Yes. With, yeah. I think I have that same drum set behind you. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> like, Yes. The aliens yeah, yeah. So, a perfect metal band. Right. We need to, we need to call ourselves the Skeevers. <laughs> yes. It's such a good name. <laughs> I'm down. Or the Goblin King, one or the other. Just don't maybe that's the name of the first Skeevers. album. That's all I ask. <laughs> also, I super random in chat, Lord of the Skeevers. <laughs> what a fantastic name to this situation. Skeever Club. Your time has come. We have found our yes. leader. Incredible. Wow, what are the odds <laughs> of that? Welcome. <laughs> um See, I got the thing or whatever. Uh, Stonekeep was a maze. That's good lord. These dungeons in this game are very samey looking and very, very convoluted. But whatever. So I got the got the item I needed. Uh, I got uh, leprosy while I was in there, which was pretty great um, because leprosy is a much worse disease than the consumption because your limbs start falling off, meaning you take massive chunks of damage loss <laughs> as you fall apart. Um, so that's not great. Um, so wait, can you get healed and have your limbs like reattached? Yeah, they, you're like a starfish, just like in Fallout. Um, apparently, <laughs> just, when when you drink a healing potion, all your limbs grow back or something. Yeah, or you can just go pray at a temple, like in the other games, and you just mm -hmm. exactly. It's just I mm -hmm. assume that you just does it hear work like wet, Deadpool? Well, I just assume it's a wet like wishing sound, <laughs> and you just ooze back into being a solid person again. <laughs> oh, that's it's like my, that's, wet and gooey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You look kind of like a voroplasm, only pink. Like that's, <laughs> mm -hmm. I assume, what it is. Ditto mm -hmm. from Pokemon. Yes, oh, there, there you, you go. go. Yes, you literally become Ditto until you're <laughs> a full-fledged adventurer again. Yeah. yeah. If Pokemon were rendered in like realistic flesh tones, Ditto would be so gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there would be a lot of nightmare creatures coming out of that series. So much, a lot of so them. much nightmare. <laughs> that would be a lot of nightmare fuel. Um. So yeah, I brought that back. Um, she told me where uh, the location of Fang Lair was, which is fine because I went there. The only other thing, so I arrived at Fang Lair. I haven't done anything with Fang Lair, but the only other things that I figured uh, I would bring up because they're things of note if anybody else ever wants to try this game because it is free, um, as is Daggerfall. Bethesda has made them freeware because they're so old. Um, but yeah few things that I have found along the way. Uh, there is no reason to not just barter with everybody in this game because they don't get mad at you. And the worst case scenario is they say, nope. So you just lowball them as far as you can go and just bump it up one gold at a time until they accept it. And it doesn't seem like there's ever any repercussions as I've seen. That's, so, how I, that's how I do things anyway. Well, that's what I do at the supermarket, but after the fourth time you offer them like a nickel and change for like a <laughs> bottle of wine, they usually yeah. try to get you removed. It's yeah, weird. yeah, the lady who was checking me out, I mentioned earlier, was uh, not so friendly about that. <laughs> I was like, gallon of milk, I'll give you a penny. And she yeah. looked at me like, and I said, two pennies? And she looked at me like this, and I was like, that's 100% more. Yeah. What kind of markup is this? <laughs> Three pennies? 50% more on top of that. Come on. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, well, lady. So, and that's the thing is apparently in game they have immeasurable patience for your nonsense <laughs> because you could just keep doing it, which has been my approach. Mm -hmm. um, your gear breaks, which is like Elder Scrolls Online and varying ones, not so much Skyrim, but some of the older ones. Well, your gear breaks. Um, 
and it requires you to bring it to a blacksmith to fix. I think one of the classes can actually do it themselves, but I can't. Um, and it takes forever. Um, I My sword broke, and I dropped it off at the blacksmith, and it took two weeks in game time for him to fix my sword, which is really annoying when it's your go-to weapon to do anything. You literally can't adventure, so you it basically just pick up residence somewhere in an inn and just sleep indefinitely. <laughs> See, that's when you need barding as like a side thing. Right. Or and you can just like make some money weapon. on the side. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> a, any Anything else to do would have been nice. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's rough. Um, fast traveling is another thing. I was very pleased to... I was concerned the fast traveling wasn't a thing in Elder Scrolls 1 Arena. Luckily it is, because the map is ginormous. Um... But the one thing that I've run into as a problem, which I assume if I manage to get this stream worthy, it will happen a lot. And I, instead of a death counter, I think I need to have a stupidity counter for myself. Every time you fast travel, it faces you directly at the exit. So if you touch forward, you immediately go to a load screen and have to go out of the area that you were just in. It never faces you in the direction of the place you arrive at. It's always the door to leave. <laughs> so you have to huh. instinctively turn around before you can move. Otherwise, you leave where you just fast traveled to. <laughs> and I think I've done it like 30 times at this point where I'm just like, I can't stay where I go ever. It's just always leaving. <laughs> Well, at least the whole uh, game is only like what ten megabytes, so it doesn't take very long I, to load. If that, oh yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like instant, like it's just very jarring. Then I'm like, damn it, I left again. Like, <laughs> um, and then the final bit that I figured was worth mentioning, which this could get bad because I did not save scum this uh, in a way that would matter when you level up. Your skill points distributed are random. <laughs> not like randomly placed, but they are randomly provided, which I did not know. So you get so when you level up, you get between 3 and 6 ability points that you can put into your skills. Why? It's like a dice roll, random. Yes, it's a yeah. dice roll based on that. <clears throat> it also dice so in the older games you used to have in intelligence wisdom willpower stuff like that so i cranked my endurance because i was like i need more hit points good lord well that's also dice rolled so it's doing a dual dice roll on what i'm allowed to get for my maximum health provided and also the amount of points that i'm allowed to attribute going forward and i did a reference on the uesp with which had kind of a warning of quick save every time you're about to level because the game can basically just dig you into a hole by bad rolls and you will just be viciously handicapped later in the game where you just are weaker than a character that just had better luck the reason that i'm concerned is i distinctly remember several times being like three that's lame. I must just be something odd, and I just distributed my three points, and I moved on with my life. And <laughs> so I've apparently accepted several real bad rolls, <laughs> and I'm curious. I've heard leveling gets kind of complicated later in the game, so it gets hard to power level. I'm really wondering if I shot myself in the foot 
and didn't realize it. So if in two weeks uh, or so I'm just swearing that this game is impossibly difficult and I can't hit anything and everything just kills me nonstop, it's probably because I've rolled way too many threes for my own good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are some interesting aspects that I was unaware with Arena. And man, this series has become much more user-friendly over the years. But I do enjoy the game to, to a weird sadomasochistic degree. I, I've been very much attributing it to... It's like Dark Souls. I feel very accomplished when I did something. Because you die so many times trying to do any of it. <laughs> and it's yeah. super, super slow. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, pretty much that. Also, hello to some of the Sithis who just joined us. How are you guys doing? Um, yeah, so does anyone else have anything of note that they would like to mention before we close things up? Yeah, we're at an hour and a half. That's not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby at no, all. No, I'm good. Uh, You're good? Yeah. Pixie, anything from you? Anything we might have missed or whatever? No, that about wraps it no, up for me. Think you're good. All right. Well, then on that note, why don't we uh, just say where people can find us? Why don't we start with you, uh, robots? You can just give us a rundown of any of the places because you run several different things. So why not give us a, <laughs> a little, little busy? Yeah, give us a little promo as to where people can find you if they'd like to follow you or sub to you or any of that stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm Robots. Uh, Robots Radio is the network that I run, so you can go to robotsradio.net. Uh, you can find anything about the podcasts I do, like the Elder Scrolls Lorecast or the Fallout Lorecast. Um, there's a number of other shows on the network, so lots of other shows about video games or movies and, and other stuff. Uh, the premise of the network is that they're all very good quality, and I've already found good shows, so that if you like one of them, you'll probably like some of the others if you're into the same kind of content. Um but I also do uh, YouTube videos on, uh, if you just search for Robots Radio YouTube, you'll find them about things like Elder Scrolls. And uh, every so often when I get a chance to stream, I do that as well at Robots Radio, uh, twitch.tv slash Robots Radio. So if you're in chat right now and you want to drop me a follow, you're welcome to do that. Um, I'm more likely to do that in the evenings. Uh, and I, it's, it's more of a hobby thing to just kind of hang out with people and have fun. So no real schedule. So that's how I do it. Nice. And Pixie, where can people find you besides the platform we are currently <laughs> on? <laughs> well, right now, everybody's hanging out at twitch.tv slash hyperpixiegaming. That is where I stream Thursday through Saturday. And you can also find me on Twitter at hyperpixiegames and Instagram at hyperpixiegaming. Awesome. And as most of you know, I am Lotus of Doom pretty much everywhere on Twitch when I actually stream. Uh... Twitter is where I usually waste a lot of my time, but I like getting to chat with everybody, so it's a solid distraction, even though it shouldn't be at work. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, in-game, Lotus of Doom, I'm on PS4, as I've met several new people. Um, if anybody, for that note, has interest in joining us on the PS4 uh, guild, we are actually kind of firing up on all cylinders a pretty solid uh push toward making an active guild again run by promethean i'll just be there to help but it is his 
project that he's spearheading. So we are the Twilight Nightingales over there. If you would like an invite to the Discord, even if you don't want to join us in game, that's totally fine. Just let us know. Uh, either Promethean or myself will be happily get ugh, happy to get you an invite. Um, but yeah, on that, I would like to say you could also follow everything we do over at DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. There you can find links to all of our social media, including Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Be sure to check out our Patreon that doesn't exist, and why did Ark leave that in the notes? Uh, but however, ignoring that bit about the <laughs> Patreon that doesn't exist, you could consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes if you happen to use iTunes. It helps... Not just our egos, which is fine. Uh, that does make us feel great about ourselves. But that's not the point that really matters. Uh, it does help the podcast bump itself up the charts, which is super uh, useful to all of us and just being recognized by more people in the podcast space that might enjoy it. Um, but it also lets people know that we say real words and sometimes they matter. And we would like to thank you all for joining us on this episode of Tales of Tamriel. And hope you all have a great night. We will see you next week, everyone. Bye. When Akatosh slew Lorcan, he ripped his heart right out. He hurled it across Tamriel, and the heart was heard to shout. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end. The laughing heart sprayed blood afar, a gout on seer it fell. And like a dart shot to its mark, down in an alien well. Magic effused the Lorcan blood to crystal red and strong. Then wild elves cut and polished it down to chimel at a ball. Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men. Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the When elves lost Nern to men, Akatosh gave the stone To Saint Alesh in token of her right to sit the throne Red diamond, red diamond, the heart and soul of men Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the Red diamond, red diamond, protect us till the end.